and Me, where we interview industry thought leaders in governance, risk, and compliance on hot topics, industry-specific challenges, trends, and more to learn about your methods, solutions, and outlook in this space. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of GRC and Me. My name is Andy Roos. I'm the president of field operations at Logic8. Today, I sit down with my good friend, James Bundy, practice director at Optiv. Our conversation centers around how to build a risk practice, how to get started, what are the key components, what goes into managing a risk program, and how to improve upon it as business needs change over time. Now, here is my chat with James. Jim, so tell me a little bit about your background in the GRC space and how your risk journey brought you to your current role as the practice director at Optiv. Hey, first and foremost, thanks for having me here. I really appreciate it. appreciate the conversation. Always enjoy talking to you, Andy. Uh, it's, it's always enlightening and generally pretty passionate. But from, from my perspective, for who I am, I, I've been with Optiv about seven years. Prior to that, I was an information security leader for a large multimedia company. We had multiple locations in multiple areas. Uh, my background in risk really kind of started while I was here at Optiv. As a security leader, risk was something that we focused on, but it, it didn't really resonate with me well at that time. Now that I've been providing risk services and providing assessment work and helping customers mature their security program, I, I now understand how critical and how valuable risk management and risk management processes can be for the organization. Not so much from a security perspective, but from a holistic business perspective. It gives you the roadmap on what you need to do to help secure your, your organization above and beyond best practices. And we just came out of a, a pretty in-depth conversation where we were talking about how to build these programs and enhance them. You're in a incredible spot because you're out there working with customers and the market every single day. So as you think about how someone would get started in building a, a risk program, a GRC program, how would you approach this? Well, <laughs> that's a great question. What I tried to do and what I do help with my customers is, and, and I've learned from them and I've learned from my past experiences is I, I go back to when I took over a security program and had to build it from the ground up and understanding what was important to the organization. One of the things I, I, I should have done and a lot of the things I'm going to recommend here I, I didn't do because I didn't know, but now, now I think I've learned a lot and you know, I've learned from our clients and learned from some of our partners but doing an inventory of what's going on in the environment, getting an understanding of what, you know, what's there already. What can I reuse? What can I recycle? And, you know, what can I leverage to help mature the program moving forward rather than building from net new? Oftentimes, there's a lot of good ideas floating around within the organization. Some of them may not be fully formed. But if you can take those and leverage those to try to help drive your program It'll make it easier for you in going down that path. And then do an inventory of kind of what you have to do from a compliance perspective. You know, you, some people look at compliance requirements as this is what I need to do and this is what I can use to drive, you know, spend for security. I, I look at it a little bit differently. I, I look at compliance requirements and I see them as business enablers. Because it, let's just say if you are, you know, a service provider, SOC 2 is pretty important, and that can help you stand out with your competitors. So if you leverage it that way, and also it'll help drive your security program, you're starting to show that you're adding business value. And third, what I like to try to do is, is once you've done those two things, is take a look at what you've got from a technology standpoint. Understand your technical debt. Do you have too many tools? you have not enough tools? And then when you take a look at those business requirements and what's in place, and you also consider 
what compliance requirements you have. From a technical perspective, what can you test and what can you manage? And that gives you an indication of, of what your next step should be and gives you some targets on what you should look for from a budgeting and a build perspective. Did that answer your question? Oh, absolutely. And I'm thinking like you're in these engagements and a lot of, you know, configuring GRC programs, enhancing them. But we're seeing more and more executives get involved in risk management programs. So maybe share a little bit about like what role should we be asking the executives to come in and help us when we're building risk programs or enhancing them? I think it's important for business leaders and the executives to get an understanding of kind of where the risk program is going. But I think they need to look at it more from a programmatic standpoint and more from a business line standpoint. I think the questions that uh, business line leaders especially should be asking is, these are my key and core needs within the organization. This is what helps me make the widget security and risk. How are you helping me protect that? Because a lot of our customers, they're not security companies and, and they don't have to worry about some of the security things they need to worry about. They need to worry about getting product out the door and keeping revenue generated and, and doing those things. So if from a leadership perspective, that's where I'm seeing them start to lean in. You think about ESG and some other areas that are, that are kind of coming in into the forefront and, you know, some of the other enterprise risk-based factors, you know, around, around geopolitical and things like that, they're concerned about those things. And those don't sometimes don't directly map to IT risk, but you have to look at it globally. And that's where they're looking. They just want you to protect their product and protect their processes. While AV is important and firewalls are important, they just want them to be effective. They don't, they're not worried about the product or, or which one you're using, but they just say, make sure my stuff runs. Yeah, and I think this like um, pace of change and the mm -hmm. complexity that we kind of see throughout the world really comes out in what you just talked about. And so taking that into equation here, like what do you think about in terms of what are the key fundamental components of building a risk practice? So some of the key areas is, number one, you have to ma make sure you maintain your compliance. I mean, that's one of the things that your leadership is going to understand. You know, if you are a merchant and you don't maintain your PCI compliance, that's something that's going to come up and you're going to have to deal with that with the risk committee. And you need to make sure you control that. Another element is making sure that the control testing and the framework that you select, I mean, NIST, ISO, whatever, supports the business and the control testing that you do is directly in line with managing and maintaining those key business processes. So you've got those key performance indicators and those key risk indicators and you're aligning your risk program with those needs. Those are key areas. And control testing is always a challenge. I'm a big fan of integrated control frameworks or common control frameworks where you're taking multiple controls and then testing everybody wants to Test once and comply many. It's a little bit harder than that, but if you can get that set up, that's worthwhile. But, you know, from building from the ground up and make sure that you're supporting the business and their business needs, make sure your control testing is realistic and valid and, and make sure you're a business advocate and a business enabler. And if you can do that from a risk program and that's those are your foundational things, it's all about supporting the business. It's a challenge to just throw out regulations and compliance requirements and forcing people to do things if there's no value in it. Right. And I think one of the things I love in the approach that you take and Optiv takes is really going in and working with clients in the market and uh, not starting over, but taking a program and start thinking about how do we improve on this, the continuous improvement mindset. Maybe you could share with us, like, what are the things I should be doing now to get ready for these unknown changes that will come up over time? 
Yeah, that's a great one. I mean, what do you do to solve the unknown? You know, it's being flexible. It's understanding what's going on in the environment, understanding the threat landscape and trying to get ahead of it a little bit. If you think back when, you know, we just kind of started with ransomware, I mean, everybody's answer was, well, you just have to have backups until they encrypt your backup system or until they encrypt your entire backplane. And now all your VMs are encrypted and there's nothing you can do about it. It's hard to predict those, but you kind of have to take a look at those and be prepared for some of those issues. And also be prepared for where the business is going. I've had issues, not really issues, but, you know, where I, I didn't know where the business was going, but I was building processes around that. And then when I find out where it's at, I have to adapt and adjust. In one of my roles, you know, PCI compliance was very important, but PCI mitigation was going to cost us about $2 million because before I was there, we really weren't good at it. Come to find out, our CFO said, we're not doing that. We're just going to go ahead and not be compliant. Me being me, it's like, well, I can't, I, I can't work under these conditions. I got a major case of the goo-goo. And I, you know, I was, I was, I was thinking that this isn't right. And I was gonna, I was gonna tender my resignation and, you know, take my toys and play elsewhere. And you know, luckily I thought about it. Two months later, we sold off that part of the business. I didn't know that because I, I shouldn't know that, but uh, it was an interesting concept. So I had to adapt. The risk organization had to adapt to that change. And there was diff uh, other risks because now we had to, it's a divestiture. So we had to adjust our risk program and align it with those divestiture opportunities or requirements. So we knew that the risk associated with spinning them off was going to be within the confines of our organization. I love that. You always got to think about like being agile, being oh, flexible. Yeah. You never predict the future, but being flexible along the way. Yeah, you you can't just... You know, I, I've been around a while, you know, the old ways of uh, it's just everything is in a SaaS, everything is quick, everything moves, you've got to move with it, or, or you're going to add risk to the organization. How has the risk cloud changed your risk management experience? You know what, I'm a huge advocate of the Logic 8 products and product line. From our perspective and our client's perspective, it's, it's made significant changes. It's, it's had added significant value. If you think about some of the key things we see in the environment, in our world, you know, everybody wants to do risk quant. Everybody wants to do a lot of these things, but, you know, they may still be on spreadsheets and, and you just can't do that. You know, you're, you're going to do it once and it's going to be in your spreadsheet for that week. But after that, you know, you're not going to be able to keep up with it. So we're seeing a lot of our clients look going down the quantitative process, leveraging the Logic 8 tool. We're also seeing our clients wanting to automate things around control testing and, and make sure all that stuff is being taken care of and handled. What One of the things we're doing here at Optiv is we're looking to deliver and provide our customers with access. So now when we do an assessment, you know, we provide them with a report and we kind of walk away. Uh, that's what they paid for. But we come back the next year and what we see, sometimes nothing has really been taken care of because it goes into a file share and it's looked at for the first six months because it's, it's got, you know, executive vision, something else happens, it falls to the wayside and we have the very same findings the next year. Leveraging products such as LogicGate allows us to keep that in the forefront and get it focused because it's not someone looking at a spreadsheet and sending out an email reminding the network team to do something. It's LogicGate and the process doing the reminding and keeping it straight and providing the dashboard so leadership understands where they are in those remediation efforts. It's adding a little bit of ownership and making sure that, that the internal team is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Otherwise, they all, they all have full-time jobs. I mean, they, 
you know, I'm not knocking anybody. Remediating compliance or, or audit findings is is important, but that's not their full time job. You got to make it as easy for them as you possibly can, and, and tools like Logicate let you do that. I always think about it as getting it as close to the individual's work as possible and making it part of their workflow and not something different. Exactly. So if you think about control testing, if you're doing it quarterly and if you're doing it in an automated fashion, when audit comes along, you've already have the data. You're just creating a report because it's part of the day-to-day operations. But if you don't do that, auditor shows up. I'm not saying this happens, but auditor shows up. Either someone is finding the testing that they'd done several months ago, or they might be doing testing then and maybe being a little bit uh, liberal with the dates, and, and it's disruptive to the organization. Because when they're doing that stuff, they're not supporting core business processes. So you make the control testing, you make those processes part of their day-to-day operation, and, and it's, it's easy peasy. Jim, we've been out on the road together a couple of <laughs> times over the last few months. You get so many customer conversations packed in, people looking for advice. But as I think about what I might look forward to, what are the the trends or, or what do you think uh, we need to be thinking about in the future here as risk practitioners? You know, I think from a, a future state, I, th- I think we're still going to see customers push for quantitative risk uh, assessments and, and risk risk valuation because it's going to help drive decisions from an IT and a security spend perspective. You and it's a great thing because you really want to focus your value and your dollar on, on what's going to add the most value and reduce your most risk. I think we're going to continue to see that. I think there's a maturity curve that some customers may not be able. It's going to take some time, but you know we're, that's what we're here for. We're here to help them do that. I think ESG is coming along. Uh, I think we're going to see more and more of that where customers are going to want to understand how that impacts their world. And more that's more from an enterprise risk perspective. But I think we're, we're going to see that. And supply chain is still there. I mean, when we look at the, you know, what's going on in Russia and the Ukraine and other areas and COVID, while here in the States, I think we have it pretty well under control. Other, you know, smaller countries that that are feeding our supply chain may still be, cha- maybe still be challenged a little bit. I really think... Another area is we're going to start seeing, you know, leveraging artificial intelligence and robotic technology to help con- manage our control testing. I think what we want, I think customers are, what I'm hearing, they want to make sure that their staff is focused on core business processes and they want to automate as much as they can. So I, I see that coming down the pike where we're, we're looking at, you know, some RPA stuff and some other things to where we can to help automate some of those opportunities for them, control testing still has to be done. It's still going to have to be reviewed by someone. But, you know, pulling those configurations and pulling that in for review, if we can automate that and provide a customer and that IT team or whoever does that testing some relief, it turns risk and security into a business enabler. And, you know, back in the 80s, we were all Dr. No. It makes sure that we're helping and march forward with the organization. Excellent. Jim, thanks for sitting down with me today. What do you got that you're looking forward to in your personal life here? Ah, personal life. Well, I'm uh, heading off to South Carolina here in a few weeks. I'm going to be there for a couple months, going to rent a nice condo, going to work from the beach. One of the uh, benefits of COVID is uh, remote work. And so I'll I'll do that. Really looking forward to that. I'm going to take up uh, kayak fishing. I'm going to see if I can find a, a cheap kayak and float around and hopefully the Coast Guard won't have to come get me. But uh, I'm going to try that for a while and see how that goes. Jim, I bump into you all the time, but where can our listeners find you if they want to know more? 
So easiest place to find me is uh, Optive.com or LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. I think I'm, I'm one of the few James Bundys out there from Optive. By all means, reach out for connection and I'm more than happy to respond and we can communicate that way. Otherwise, if you're looking for risk services or support, please reach out to your local Optive sales rep and they can get me on the phone anytime to have a, have a discussion. The fun part of my job working in consulting is talking to customers. I learn as much from them as they learn from us. And, you know, there's there's always that uh, information sharing that, that adds value to everybody. Excellent. Again, thanks for sitting down with me, Jim. I'm looking forward to getting back on the road with you. Always great to have uh, conversations, get tons of experience with customers, bringing that to our listeners. I really appreciate it. If you want to learn more about how Risk Cloud can help build a risk practice, visit logigate.com today.